All right, guys, thanks for checking out the At The Buzzer podcast. This is your source for everything related to Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, and the Charlotte Hornets. Stay tuned, subscribe, follow along for everything you need to know about the Hornets. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of At The Buzzer. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoop Heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, everybody. Welcome into the At The Buzzer podcast. This is the very first episode of recording, so thanks for checking out the At The Buzzer podcast, part of the HOOPHEADS pod network. Um, <laughs> what a night for the first episode, right? I was a little, a little hesitant to record a, a game recap, but then when I watched this Hornets Heat game, I was like, we gotta hop on, we gotta talk about this game. So, um, you know, the Hornets won 129 to 121 in overtime. And just a tough, gritty performance by this young Charlotte team, right? Um, first I want to talk about, you know, of course, two big wins against the Pacers and against the Bucks over the weekend. And then the injury to Terry Rozier, so we weren't sure if Rozier was going to play tonight. And everyone was, you know, hoping LaMelo Ball would get that coveted first career start. And uh, he got the start tonight. Rozier, unfortunately, couldn't go because the ankle was still bothering him. So let's go ahead and talk about this Hornets Heat game that came down to the wire. And it was just a thrilling game that the Hornets just fought tooth and nail down to the wire to defeat Miami to end a... a a tough three-game stretch against three Eastern Conference playoff teams. And, of course, the Heat, who were in the finals last year, the Eastern Conference champions. So let's dive right into it. And uh, thanks for joining us. So I think the you know the biggest thing is LaMelo Ball's first career start. It's, it took a while, and we were wondering if James Borrego was going to start LaMelo Ball. And, unfortunately, it took the injury to Terry Rozier for Borrego to turn the ball and give him the keys. And... You know, for Ball, this will probably be one that he forgets because he got in foul trouble early. 
He had three fouls in the first half. Uh, and then he played a good chunk of the second half with five fouls. And I was surprised Borrego kept, kept him in as long as he did. But, you know, uh, overall, on the night for ball, he had 14 points, three of 11 from the field, five boards, seven assists. And, you know, you could just tell they just run so much smoother with ball on the floor. No disrespect to Rozier or Devontae Graham, but, you know, when ball's on the floor, he's just, he has so much, so much poise. He's just so calm out there and just reads the floor so, so nicely on both sides, offense and defense. So, you know, I think, you know, we've been watching a lot of Hornets games. And we're not too surprised. We shouldn't be surprised that LaMelo Ball is playing well. So it'll be interesting to see what Borrego does um, going forward, depending on the status of Rozier and how Ball performs in the next couple of games. But it's definitely something to think about is keeping him in the starting lineup. And, I mean, he's closed the last few games, even before Rozier got injured. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. But uh, just one other kind of thing from this game that we'll get into before talking about some of the highlights, is uh, unfortunately P.J. Washington left the game in the second half, and they said he has a right foot sprain. So we'll keep an eye on that, and another foot injury to another you know, good starting Hornets player. And I think Washington, you know, he struggled in this game. He was just 3 for 12, and he missed some easy shots. But, you know, Washington brings that energy and that, that toughness and the physicality that you love to see especially from a young team. So if he's out for an extended period of time, of course, we don't know how long he's going to be out. But whenever you hear right foot sprain, uh, it doesn't sound too good. So we'll keep an eye on the status of P.J. Washington. And, uh, you know, Miles Bridges and Caleb Martin got a good chunk of the minutes after Washington left the game. And to be honest, I liked what I saw from both of them. Of course, neither one of them is the player that P.J. Washington is. That's... That's needless to say, right? But I like Martin because, you know, he gives his all, on, especially on the defensive end. He's not going to have to score a lot of points, especially with, you know, the roster that the Hornets have. He doesn't have to score a lot of points. P.J. Washington's job is he doesn't have to score a lot of points, but when they need him to, he can. So, as far as Miles Bridges, I like Bridges because, man, he can cut, he can pass, he can shoot, he can score inside. So... You know, assuming that Washington's out for the next game, which is on Wednesday, it's probably going to be Miles Bridges in the starting lineup. And uh, again, we'll have to check in on the status of Rozier and Washington. So just something to keep an eye on going forward. But, you know, let's talk about this game. Because the first half, I think, you know, in the, the first quarter, Malik Monk was 4-4 from beyond the arc. Four of four from three in the first quarter. And he was just on fire. And it's just it was just good to see because I think Monk is one of those guys that got drafted by the Hornets really early. And Edborn was really thinking, you know, when is Monk gonna find his stride? And then this year he had some fatigue issues and uh you know, Friday or Saturday he had a, a good game coming off the bench. So I think this is one game where he really had a shot to show that he deserves big minutes and you know he answered that so um Malik Monk was fantastic he played 39 minutes 36 points of 11 of 18 from the field 9 of 13 from beyond the arc 
And of course, that huge three at the end of the fourth quarter to tie it and send it into overtime. And just a huge game from Muck. And it's it's great to see because, you know, for me personally, I love the combination of LaMelo Ball and Malik Muck. And I think it was clear today because, you know, there was a lot of times when Ball and Monk were on the floor together and the offense was running pretty smooth. But then when Ball hit foul trouble and, you know, they put him on the bench, Monk was initiating the offense. He was the ball handler for a good amount of this game. And that's something that James Brago needs to think about going forward. You know, as good as Ball is initiating the offense, he can play off the ball also. So having, you know... Ball and Monk in the backcourt together is, it's exciting. I mean, is Monk going to shoot 9 of 13 from beyond the arc every night? Probably not. But the fact is, he's an electric scorer. And when he gets hot, he gets hot. I think we all know that from watching Malik Monk, you know, the last couple years, even though he hasn't played very much, and then watching him in college. So that'll be something to keep an eye on for Borrego going forward. Um, Cody Zeller also, you know, Cody Zeller had a a good game. He ended with 19 points, 12 boards on 8 of 15 from the field. And uh, he had a tough task guarding, you know, Bam Adebayo. That's never an easy task. And Cody Zeller did a a pretty nice job. You know, Adebayo had 23 points and 9 boards, and he ended up fouling out. But Zeller did a a lot of good things in this game. His patience under the rim is is a big thing because he's not going to overpower anybody on a nightly basis, especially at the center position. So, you know, um, and especially after Washington got injured, then they slid Bridges to the five for a little bit, and that was interesting. You know, at one point they had Graham, Monk, Caleb Martin, Bridges, and Hayward out there, which is extremely, extremely small. And the Heat, you know, basically matched the lineup. And I felt that was really the turning point in the game for the Hornets. You know, they ended the third quarter, the third quarter on a 17 to five run, and then they started the fourth with Lamelo, Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, Caleb Martin, and Cody Zeller. And in that situation, you know, Caleb Martin is playing the four, and obviously he's always at the five. So, you know, they went three guards, and I it's it'll be indicative to see, you know what James Borrego thinks of LaMelo Ball going forward, especially given the situation of Terry Rozier. But, you know, the, for the Heat, in the first half, it was it was Monk versus Max Stress. You know, if you knew who Max Stress was before this game, you know, uh, applaud yourself on the, pat yourself on the back. Because, you know, he just signed a 10-day contract with the Heat, and he had 17 points in the first half. And then ended the game with only 19 points. For some reason, the Heat just didn't want to play the hot hand in the second half. Not too sure uh, what Eric Spolster's reasoning was there. But, yeah, he was on fire in the first half. And, I mean, the Hornets were there every step of the way in the first half. And uh, I, we knew it was going to be a close game. And I think one thing that, that caught my attention in the first half was that Biombo didn't even play a single minute and then even throughout the second half even after Washington went down Biombo didn't even play he didn't play one minute tonight which is you know surprising 
but at the same time, not that surprising, right? Biombo is is a you know he's a serviceable player, but he's not gonna shut down a guy like Bam. You know, to be fair, there's not many players that are gonna shut down a guy named like like Bam, right? I just thought that when Washington got injured, that when Zeller sat, they were bringing Biombo, and uh, it didn't happen. And <laughs> to be honest, I was really surprised. I was really surprised that Borrego didn't bring a uh, bring Bims out and put him on the floor, but. We'll see if that was just, you know, a special circumstance for tonight or if maybe Biombo's going to fall out of the rotation. So, you know, that's that's something to monitor going forward too. Um, you know, it's it's funny because at the half they were only down three points. The Hornets were down three points at the half. They outscored the Heat by nine in the third quarter. And then the, the Heat came back and... It seemed like the Hornets were going to lose this game. In the fourth quarter, it was like, oh, the, the Hornets are, are out of it. You know, they have to they have to catch up. They were down they were down 10 points with three minutes left after Tyler Hero hit a three. And it was just like, okay. But then, you know, Devontae Graham hits some huge shots down the stretch. And, of course, Malik Monk hit some huge shots. And then in overtime, you could just tell the, the Hornets took all the energy that was in the building after Monk tied the game on the three to end of the fourth quarter and that that swung the game and they won by eight points and in overtime it wasn't really that close you know Gordon Hayward hit a couple shots early Devontae Graham hit the last couple shots Lamella Ball had two threes or two free throws to kind of seal the deal and uh and just just a huge win for the Hornets and for such a young team you know this has to boost your confidence a lot. They beat the Pacers on Friday night. They turn around and beat the Bucks on Saturday. And then when Rozier was out, you're like, oh man, this is going to be tough. But Ball got the start, which I think just about every Hornets fan has been waiting for. Not just Hornets fans, but fans of the NBA have been waiting for Lamella Ball to get his first start. And then, you know, against the Heat, Especially playing in Miami, they have some fans in the stands again with the the COVID dogs, which is a pretty cool story in itself, right? But, you know, those are three really, really tough games. And for the Hornets to win all three of those games is, is huge. To be honest, it's huge. And in all honesty, it's not unreasonable to think that the Hornets can make the playoffs. At the very least, make the play-in tournament. But, you know, this team can make the playoffs. Especially Orlando just lost Aaron Gordon for four to six weeks. You know, Detroit and Washington are towards the bottom. Washington beat the Nets last night, but are they going to string together a chunk of wins? Not sure, right? And then the Knicks. The Knicks are right under the Hornets, but are the Knicks... Is their success sustainable? So... I think for the Hornets, they just have to keep fighting. And they can make the playoffs this year. They can for sure make the playoffs this year. Especially you beat three playoff teams in a row in the Eastern Conference. You know, it goes up from here. And with the emergence of Malik Monk, I think he needs to get more minutes going forward. Even when Rozier comes back, even when P.J. Washington returns, you need to find some way to get Malik Monk some minutes. 
what they're going to do, that's for James Abrego to figure out. That's why he gets paid the big bucks to be the head coach. But it will be something interesting to look at going forward, for sure. Um, and and one thing that I loved about the way they closed up the fourth quarter, you know, Graham hit some, some big-time shots. He had some big-time shots. And then they had the possession, and it didn't seem like Borrego was going to call the timeout. It didn't seem like he was going to do it. And then the Hornets just kind of went stagnant. I think the Hornets that were on the floor thought Borrego was going to call the timeout. And they kept looking over, and then, you know, finally he called it. And then to drop that play coming out of the timeout was huge. Have Cody Zeller dribble dribble hand off the ball to Monk, and Monk just, that was a tough shot he took. But you know, as the saying goes, you have to feed the hot hand. <laughs> and nobody was hotter than Malik Monk in this game. So, uh, just a huge, huge shot. And also, right after that, it, it was surprising to me from the Heat's perspective because I was pretty sure Eric Spolster was going to call a timeout and drop a play. Instead, Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler just dribbled the clock out and took a pretty difficult shot at the buzzer. So, you know, that's something that the Heat are probably going to look at and say, maybe we should have called a timeout here, maybe not. But either way, uh, the Hornets, you know, escaped with the win today. And uh, they shot the ball extremely well. They shot the ball 45% from the field, 51% from the on the arc, and 84% from the free throw line. So if they can shoot the ball like that, and of course, is Monk going to shoot 9 of 13 from 3 every night? Probably not. But the thing is, Monk is a terrific scorer. There's a reason he went so high in the draft a few years back. Because he can score the basketball. That's never been, you know, a question mark from a link month. So, looking forward to Wednesday's game. You know, they have two tough games left this week. They play the Sixers on Wednesday. And they play the Jazz on Friday. And then they play the Wizards on Super Bowl Sunday. And the Wizards is definitely not a game to overlook. Especially after the way the Wizards won last night against the Brooklyn Nets. So, you know, looking forward to that Sixers game. It'll be really, really interesting to see what he does with the starting lineup. Because, you know, Joel Embiid will probably play. Unless he has that back injury still. That's something to monitor. And uh, just from the looks of it, it doesn't seem like P.J. Washington is going to be ready to play. Come Wednesday... If you have a right foot sprain, you don't usually recover that quickly. But at the same time, you never know, right? So, if if Washington can't go, like I said before, it's got to be Miles Bridges that slides down and starts at the four. Um, and Zeller's going to have his hands full with Joel Embiid, assuming Embiid plays, right? But, you know, if they can somehow find a way... <laughs> To beat the Sixers, that'll be that'll be really impressive. If we're not already impressed by the Hornets' last few games, you know, at least being competitive against the Sixers and the Jazz, the top teams in the Eastern and Western Western Conference, respectively, then that's a time where the the Hornets can make their mark and show people that they're for real. They're not trying to pick in the lottery this year. You know, they went out and spent 
a bunch of money on Gordon Hayward because they want to compete now. So, really curious to see um, what happens on Wednesday. The Sixers are a terrific team. Embiid himself is a handful. That doesn't even factor in Ben Simmons and all the other, and Tobias Harris and all the other guys they have on that Philadelphia 76ers team. And then the Jazz is another story, right? (laughs) Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Mike Conley. I mean, Jordan Clarkson, who's probably going to end up as the sixth man of the year at this point. But yeah, the Hornets can't can't stop right now, can't stop this momentum. They got to keep it up. And uh, I think beating the Heat the way that they did after not having Rozier for the whole game, after losing Washington for the second half of the game. And to be honest, LaMelo Ball didn't have a terrific game by any means. He only played 31 minutes, and that's you know largely because of the five fouls. If he didn't have those five fouls, his minutes probably would have matched Graham and Hayward, who were both at 41. And uh, we'll just be curious to see you know how they respond and how they play against the best team in the East right now, which is Embiid. But Devontae Graham, some huge shots late, especially in overtime. He hit that that three that just sealed the game pretty deep, too. And he finished with 24 points, 7 of 13 from the field, and 6 of 11 from beyond the arc. Hayward quietly took control of that game to start overtime. And Hayward always does his damage, you know, pretty quietly. He's just there, and he makes shots because we're so used to Gordon Hayward just being a terrific player. And then he just takes over the game a little bit at a time. And just like that, the Hornets are up five, six, seven points. So Hayward, he finished with 19 points on 8 of 14 from the field, six boards and three assists. And then, uh, you know, Bridges only had seven points, two of eight from the field, but he had five assists. And I loved Bridges' energy because, you know, he's a slasher. He's quick. He brings the energy. And he's a good passer. He's a good passer. For those of you that saw him at college, you know he can pass the ball at a high level. So, you know, he's not P.J. Washington, obviously. But he's going to fill in and try to fill in as much as he can for P.J. Washington. And assuming Washington is out for a week or two, again, the Hornets haven't said anything besides that he has a right foot sprain. So, you know... Do they try to get Jalen McDaniels, who's in the G League bubble? Or do they just roll with the guys that they have and then, you know, play Biombo more minutes at the backup center and then just have Bridges and Martin hold it down at the four? So it'll be interesting. And even more so when Rozier comes back, especially the way Monk played the last two games and the way that Ball's played in the last two games. It's going to be hard to go back to having Monk play minimal minutes and to have ball playing less than 30 so uh, James Abrego has a good problem right now he has a good problem and I say that because you know you, you gave Malik Monk some minutes and he just exploded without Malik Monk tonight they would not have beat the they would not have beat the he was on fire he was the best player on the entire floor tonight and that's saying a lot with Tyler Harrell Duncan Robinson Bam, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler on the other side. So, you know, whenever you can say that Malik Monk's the best player on the floor, that's a huge testament to 
to the potential of Monk. So, you know, we're talking about Malik Monk a lot, and for good reason, because he just lit it up. He's only 22 years old. He turns 23 in a couple days, so happy early birthday to Malik Monk. You know, the 11th overall pick in the 2017 draft from Kentucky. Played against his uh, old Kentucky teammate, Bam, tonight, so that was kind of cool to see. It's always cool to see guys that played together in college meeting the NBA and, you know, they chat before the game, they chat afterward, and then they just duke it out during the game. And it's like, I don't know who this guy this guy is, right? But yeah, um, the the Hornets are they picked it up lately, and I gotta think a lot of it is because of the emergence of um, of Lamelo Ball, and the more minutes he gets, the more time he gets on the court, and he's just gonna develop into a star that everyone thought he was gonna be. Well, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people thought he was going to be when they took him third overall in this previous draft. So, definitely a exciting game. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the whole game, especially when Borrego called that timeout towards the end of the fourth quarter. I was just like, okay, we know it's going to be Munk. We know it's going to be Munk. He wasn't even on the floor before the timeout. They called the timeout to bring him in. And uh, just a terrific play. And Cody Zeller just does so many little things, just... Making just a little dribble handoff like that to set up Monk for the shot. And it wasn't an easy shot for Monk, so... Um, we have to give credit to James Brigo. He handled the minutes well, especially after losing Washington. And, you know, part of me really liked that lineup where they had Graham, Hayward, Lamelo, Monk, and Bridges. I, I liked that lineup. And it's weird because you have Bridges playing the five, and you have Hayward playing the four... But, you know, it worked, and the Heat had to kind of downsize their lineup to match the Hornets lineup at that point. So, you know, if Washington's out for Wednesday's game, do they keep that lineup and hope that, you know, Philadelphia downsizes? I don't think Philly's going to downsize, especially in beat such a dynamic player. He's, he's such a freak athlete. Yeah, he's over seven feet, but... You know, the way he moves and the way he plays his game is, is tough. So, um, Cody's always going to have his hands full. And we'll see who else Borrego puts on Joel Embiid. That's assuming Embiid plays. So, for the Hornets' sake, let's hope he doesn't play. But <laughs> for the sake of watching good basketball, let's hope that Embiid plays, right? So, uh, just, you know, exciting game. Terrific game tonight. And glad that the Hornets could escape with the win. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward, really curious to see how they respond these next two games against the Sixers and the Jazz. Uh, the next two games against the Sixers and the Jazz can put them over 500. And, uh, you know, we're a little past about at the third-way mark of the year, just about. So the Hornets right now, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to make at least the play-in tournament, especially with the way things are shaping up in the Eastern Conference. So... James Abrego has his work cut out for him, like I said. And just to touch on the heat a little bit, Jimmy Butler, 25 points on 9 of 17 from the field, 9 boards, 5 assists, 4 steals. And he always fills up the stat sheet like that. Duncan Robinson, 16 points. Olenek, 11 points, 7 boards. He only played 22 minutes. And Tyler Hero, 11 points. He had 8 assists, and he was kind of the initiator of the offense. And, you know, why not? Yeah. And then Mark... Max Struss, 19 points, 17 of those in the first half. And Andre Iguodala, 
Iggy, right? 17-year NBA veteran, nine points, three of seven from the field. Every shot he took was a three. And he played 26 minutes tonight. And Goran Dragic, 20, 24 minutes, just three points on one of nine from the field. But he added seven boards and eight assists. So it's not every night that Dragic is going to shoot one of nine and Harrow's going to shoot three of ten. But you got to think a lot of that was the defensive scheme and the defensive planning from Borrego and this, Horn- this Hornet staff. So I think it, it caught them off guard, especially when you're never prepared for an injury. But after Washington got injured, I think everybody watching was shocked that they had that small ball lineup for, you know, for the a decent amount of the third and fourth quarter. And Eric Spolster wasn't really sure what to do. I mean, you're not prepared for that stuff when you're you're game planning against the team. So, yeah, just a, a great battle of, you know, two Eastern Conference teams and the Hornets have to keep it up and they go back home to play Philadelphia and Utah. So being back in Charlotte will, will be nice for them, for sure. And then they play actually four in a row at home, Philadelphia, Utah, Washington, and then Houston. So, you know, these next four games will be will be interesting for them. And then it you know, gets a little bit easier, Memphis, Minnesota, San Antonio, Chicago. And then... <laughs> The end of February is uh, Denver, Golden State, Utah, Phoenix, Golden State again, and Sacramento. So those last six games in February are going to be tough games against all Western Conference teams. So, um, Again, my name is Matt Wadley. This is the At The Buzzer podcast, part of the Hoopheads pod network. Follow all the other programs and you know follow me on Twitter, At The Buzzer 3. And then follow my personal account, WadleyMatt24. And uh, stay tuned for everything about the Hornets. And I'll be sure to, to record another episode later this week. Wednesday against the Sixers. Friday against the Jazz. And we'll recap those games and see you know, the adjustments Borrego makes. Checking on the status of P.J. Washington. And hopefully for the Hornets' sake, Terry Rozier is back because... As much as you love Ball and Monk, you know, playing well, you need Rozier, especially against Philly, against Utah, with Utah's Donovan Mitchell. So, you know, you want your best players when you play the best teams, and Rozier is one of the best players on the Hornets. So, again, thanks for checking out the podcast. You know, follow along anywhere podcasts can be found. Subscribe, leave a rating, review. And like I said, follow me on Twitter and Feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, anything you want me to discuss on the podcast. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. We have some special guests lined up coming on in, in, in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for, for more about your Charlotte Hornets. And until Wednesday, go Hornets and enjoy this three-game winning streak. The first time uh, since last year or so, or since 2019. So it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Hornets fan. And uh, let's hope they can rattle off a couple more wins right now. You know, against a couple of really good teams coming up. So thanks for checking out the podcast, and I'll talk to you guys later this week. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best 
will help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. All right, everybody. Thanks again for checking out the At The Buzzer podcast, your source for everything related to the Charlotte Hornets. Feel free to leave a review, rate, subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms, and stay tuned for much more related to your Charlotte Hornets.